Hey everyone, welcome back to Partner World with Matt and Jess. Looking back at our past podcasts, one of our most listened to today was our topic of fat loss. Now more than ever, we thought it'd be a good time to do the follow-up to that, which would be maintenance. 100%. I think we touched on this a little bit in the fat loss podcast, but as a society, we don't have an issue with losing weight. Look left, right, center on Instagram, Facebook, social media in general, and you will see plenty of people losing weight. Plenty of people on awesome transformation journeys, but the issue we have is maintaining that fat loss and not regaining. You always see the post on someone losing 10 kilos. You don't see the post of them putting it back on. <laughs> Literally, the after photo versus the after You don't after see the guys who just lost 10. Here's week one afterwards. I put two kilos back on. But that's the reality for a lot of people. And a lot of people, like I'm sure that you've trained as well as myself, have come to us being like, you know, I've, this is what I've done in the past. I've lost 10 kilos. I've done this before. I can do it again. Oh, I've heard it all. Yeah, like multiple, multiple times. But what people don't understand is the more times you go through this journey or you are dieting, I put them in very heavy inverted That's inverted commas, commas if you, um, you um, can't imagine that. <laughs> the worse it is on your metabolism and the harder it is each time to do. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think if I look back through my career, I've heard some pretty shocking um, quick fixes for weight loss. I've heard like the old like boxing mentality where they chuck on the uh, the glad wrap and they go for a run. Or oh no, so I, I, <laughs> yeah, one. someone that was probably the most extreme case. Oh um, no, she actually only lasted like one session. She did the goal session, and she told me that. Oh, no. Internally, I tried not to cry. Oh, that hurts. But then because she'd been to the, the facility before, her previous weight from like 10 years ago was on the screen. Mm. And she saw that and she left and never saw her again. But it, it's hard. Like <laughs> mentally, I think as well, when you've done that journey and you feel so proud to then go back to where you were, it's sad. Like it, it really feels like quite a letdown. Yeah, so I, I can think see that. mentally, obviously, is just as hard as physically losing it again. Yeah, I agree. Probably a, bit, a better example is any personal trainer that's been out there for a while has trained that same client to do the same thing multiple times. And not to say that's not a, it's not okay, like it's not a bad thing. Um, it is part of life. You are going to ebb and flow and relapse is definitely a part of the process. But definitely. What we're aiming to achieve today is to give you the tools and even the education on, okay, how can we minimize the relapse back, maintaining your health as much as possible. Yep. And just for anyone following who hasn't listened to the Fat Loss Podcast, give that a listen before you listen to this one as well because that'll go through a lot of tools on how to go about fat loss, the best way to be able to not regain and maintain. So I think that will lead into this one well. Yeah, that podcast. Because obviously that is just as important when we talk about all these things about maintenance. Yeah. If you've done a quick fix and, you know, dropped out all your carbs for a couple of months Mm. to lose weight, this maintenance part's going to be a lot harder than what we're talking about if you did a yeah. kind of more slow and steady fat loss journey. Yeah, definitely go back and listen to that. It's called Fat Loss 101. It is. It is. I named it, so it's, <laughs> it's pretty memorable. Um, but go back like, and look. I'm at uni. <laughs> like psych That was the kind of vibe that we're going for. That's very American. Anatomy though. 101. That's very American. That's what all my uni courses no. are. No. Yeah, no, I'm not even kidding. I did Psych 101. Bio 101 or 102. Mine was always like intro to this or intro to that. It was never 101. They had a name, but they all had like a code and like, yeah, it was like 101. Well, I guess it's not just an American thing. What else thing. did I do? Anatomy 101, Food Chem 101. Like more of my subjects in my first year were like... Oh, but then there were 201 in Introduction to biomechanics, introduction to did nutrition. Did they have numbers associated with it? They had like weird code, like HSC 32016. Yeah, mine was the same, but my first year ones were like 101 or 102 or stuff like that. Nope. Doesn't doesn't really matter. We both <laughs> have a degree. End of story. Um, I actually pulled one out of the cupboard the other day. It was I know it was, it was huge. It was with my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I know I put it over in the corner. Yeah, it's pretty warped. Should probably frame it. That's all right. Um, nah. Where were we? Anyways, go back and listen to that. Get an idea of what we're talking about, and then fast forward to this, and it's all going to make sense, and you have the complete picture. <laughs> yep. Yep. Cool. <laughs> we talk a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, we do. But um. Um. Yeah. Alrighty. Let's uh. Let's kick into it. Yep, so before we get into kind of maintaining your weight, reverse dieting, and actually how to do these things, I think we should go over why it's important in the first place. So we've touched on this a little bit already, but as we've said, there's an increased seen between dieting frequency or the amount of time we've tried to lose weight in the past and fat gain as a whole, all right? Yes. So people aren't 
maintaining their weight. There is a larger volume of people putting weight back on or going through this cycle multiple times versus people who do the journey once and can maintain their weight after that. Look, we've spoken about our our thoughts towards the current state of the fitness industry and the influx of challenges that are coming in, and they mm. seem to be getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Yeah, I think um, the industry does promote that, unfortunately, as a whole. It does, but what happens is they're not building habits for the long term. They're building restrictions for four weeks or 30 days or whatever it may yeah. be. And because of those restrictive habits or restrictions is basically what they are, Yeah, that can't be carried over into a long-term effect. No. Um, and that's part of the issue. Yeah. So, you know, they're basically setting up the year for, okay, well, winter I'll do whatever, but like six weeks before summer I'm going to kick into this six-week challenge where I don't have a drop of alcohol and I train every day, sometimes twice a day, yeah. you know, like whatever it may be, like – but that happens three or four times a year unless it's like a holiday chucked in somewhere in between, you know? like Yeah, and I think things. looking on those as well, in any fat loss journey, you know, we will need to make sacrifices. There are going to be sacrifices to our normal way of eating, our lifestyle, all those sort of things. But these challenges promote sacrificing almost everything and obviously the more you sacrifice, the harder that's going to be to transition into lifestyle changes. Yeah, I agree. Habits, things you can build on that can – be for long-term change. And on that topic, that can be destructive if it's done for long periods of time as well. Like I'm going to try and chime in today with my experience in maintenance um, in different stages of my life. And doing that you know, restrictive lifestyle for long periods of time can be just as dis- destructive towards your body composition as a six-week period of doing it. So we'll touch on that yeah. throughout today. And, and hopefully just to, give you the complete picture. Yeah, just to give that some context as well, Matt's done two um, – bodybuilding competitions so that as far as being a restrictive period of time will be a good example to show um kind of the sacrifices and everything he's gone through with that and then how he bounced back yeah pretty much on those journeys and another reason why maintaining our weight and reverse dieting and this whole concept is so important is because when we are dieting or in a fat loss phase two inverted commas there guys <laughs> that's gonna be plenty they went today. up they went down and then went back up <laughs> sorry carry on um, our hunger signals do not normalize or go back to normal after we have regained lost weight. All right. So say you typically were eating like 2000 calories a day and you're like, I want to lose 10 kilos. You're slowly bring your calories down. You get down to like, say 1,500. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And because obviously that is less food, you're going to be more hungry. Yeah. Yes. Your ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone is going to be firing. Yes, correct. When you bring your food back up to 2,000, they are staying the same. So your hunger hormones stay the same. So you're just as hungry as you were when you were eating less once you've built that back up again, if you're just quickly going straight back up to it. So you're saying, for example, if you're consuming 1,500 calories as a female Mm -hmm. and then you you finish off your challenge or whatever, you Mm -hmm. hit your goal weight and you fire back up to 2,000, your ghrelin is still going to remain at the same levels. Yeah, as it was when you were dieting. Yeah. So what this means is it's very easy to eat beyond what you were eating when you first started the challenge because you're still starving, you're still hungry. Yeah. Those hormones are still firing going, okay, let's eat more. Yeah? Okay. So this is why it is so easy for us to regain that lost weight. And this is why we can a lot of people gain more weight than what they lost in the first place. So this is where the importance of needing a plan comes into it yeah i've definitely made that mistake before so i take you back to my first fitness modeling competition there was no g-string involved just to clarify Such a board shame. shorts only and a <laughs> fake tan it was a bad fake tan but Ooh. that's not the point little dorito you <laughs> anyways i had prep for 16 weeks so i very much fell into that restrictive kind of lifestyle where i was eating everything plain everything clean the amount of broccoli I consumed in that period of time would what shock. Tuna, rice. And a poor you, yeah, a lot of chicken <laughs> breast, um, and all that kind of stuff. The bro diet, you know what I was doing. Gross. Didn't drink any alcohol, like it was training like every day, sometimes twice a day. I went through that. You know, so when I, we talk about sacrifice, you were yeah, up there. <laughs> literally like think the cleanest possible thing you could ever do was that for 16 weeks, right? Yeah. Um, anyways, I got on stage, went through that, and I remember like the first day – like after that, 
With this comp one you're talking about right comp now? One. Comp one. first so ever experience, yep. right? And, yep. and look, I had like the the guidance of a coach kind of preaching it's important that you do like your reverse dieting. So I had... Which is all well and good look, when they're telling you that and you're like, of yeah, course, that's yeah. what I'm going to do, little starving old you excited for your yeah, first Yeah, exactly meal. right. So I was young at the time. I think I was 20. And I just had never been through a calorie deficit quite like that before. Yeah. I'd never done anything that required me being, you know, lethargic, lacking energy. But anyways, I just straight away went back to eating how I was and I was trying to gain weight. So, like, the next day I've got, like, the rice back in. and Same my, foods? Same foods, just, but just quality was – or quantity, I should say, was way up. Mm-hmm. So, yep. what happened was then I was just super hungry. So, I mean, like, my boss at the time bought me, like, a box of favourites. They were gone in, like, an hour. Like, once I opened them, they were gone. And it, and it kick-started, like, this real intense sugar craving. So, not only was I starting to pump out – larger portions of the same meals I was having so I was trying to follow my coach's advice a little bit but I had this intense sugar craving that lasted like could you not for about six weeks like do you know what that was that was, was your that? ghrelin like it was next level it was, it was of, still kicking was even though you were full it was fu- I was even eating the shitty chocolates I was even eating like Turkish delights <laughs> like oh. and they're the worst things ever but I definitely um wow. experienced that the first time where I just couldn't stop eating yeah like and that kind of triggered a whole line of real dysfunctional eating where I kind of ebb and flow. Um, Especially going from something so strict as well where, you know, afterwards once you start that, mm. you know, guidelines or any kind of plan goes out the window. Yeah, which once again um, takes us back to what we've discussed in the past about having some leeway in your week to make, you know, dieting, inverted commas, lack of a better word, to make your lifestyle a bit more flexible to keep you on track for longer. Yeah, I exactly very right. much like that. Give us a picture then of like weight wise, how quickly did your weight jump back up to pre comp weight? Pretty Were fast. Were you weighing in like around this time? Pretty fast. Um, I would say like I walk around about like 70 kilos odd. I think I was on stage about 65, mm-hmm. I would say. Yep. Um, something around that number, maybe yeah, 67. Yeah. Um, I'd say I was back to, to 70 ish within like two days. Easy like, to do. Very easy to do. Like, I very reckon, easy like, to do. Two to three days max, I, I felt All like right. I was back And how more. long did this kind of binging or that desire and hunger last? Like I felt like I was eating normal at the time, like in terms of the foods I was consuming, the meal, like frequencies. I was very yep. much a creature of habit. I still am yep. in terms of the foods I was eating, but the extras just kept kept yep. creeping up. So yep. like I'd hit um, certain parts of a day and I'd just go crazy, like chocolate being in the house, bang. That's mine. Did your like, weight go beyond pre-comp weight? Uh, for a time, yeah, I'd like, say. Like, did it go back over, Nothing like, crazy. I was training quite a bit. Like, I felt really good. Yeah. Um, and it's probably a probably bit of energy-wise a... energy-wise and muscle yeah, pain-wise are feeling good. Probably um, a bit of a guilty feeling as well. Kind yeah. of pushed me towards, um, like, training. Like, it's a weird yeah. period of time. Like, once that's over, you've got this habit of just training a lot. Yeah, of course. Um, so, I was kind of maybe using the training as an excuse to maybe reach for that and it was probably quite a positive really in the whole experience that you had that because a lot of the time if we hit a goal weight and then we stop the intensity of our training as well as yeah. increase our it could have been a lot worse it, it might have yeah. gone like a kilo or two over yeah, um, but nothing crazy because i was training it didn't look terrible i didn't look my best um but i was definitely yeah it would have looked quite different from especially yeah. where you were at on the stage it's a weird like state of like almost like body dysmorphia because you see yourself at your leanest like and you look like that when like that meaning hey look on stage at that body fat percentage for like, for, like <laughs> maybe like even even then like by the time you've like you've uh rehydrated and all that kind of stuff maybe yep. like 30 minutes yeah. an hour <laughs> and then like it's, yeah and it's gone but yeah that's um probably my first experience with attempting or not attempting <laughs> to reverse diet and it definitely um yeah had a negative impact in terms of yeah weight but also bloating um oh, sure. my body fat was very much what filled up that weight again it wasn't muscle that filled back up that weight, yeah. that weight came straight back up from yeah. fat. And it might have been a little bit of muscle given that you were training, but had yeah, you had, of course. had no it's be training a in, certain percentage, but definitely it would have been all body fat too. It led to a, a larger percentage or kilogram yeah. or larger percentage of fat being put back on yeah. than yeah. probably what I was used to. So that 70 kilograms looked different. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I think the whole point of as well, like having an end goal can set this off very easily. So say for you it was the comp the comp the comp date once it passed, it was like, okay, that chapter's done. Yeah? Yeah. So for someone say who 
their goal or their hardest set on 20 kilos loss, once they hit that 20, it's like, well, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. I can definitely relate to clients who had that big milestone and feel a bit lost once they get there. 100%. Like, that was like my first like big long-term goal. Like I had that in yeah. my head for like two years before I did it. Mm. And once that was over, I was like, what the hell do I do now? Yeah. Like it's normal to feel almost unmotivated at that yeah. point of time. Yeah, it would be but, a very um, common feeling. And I think that's where with goal setting and as a trainer, it has to be understood and clear by the person setting these goals that, yes, the goal might be fat loss to a certain weight, but that's not where it ends. Well, I think like that was the reason back then and still to this day why I set and execute goals Yeah, because you're always going to have those me too moments with your clients. Yeah, definitely. Going, I know exactly how you feel because I've been there myself and this yep. is what I did to help with it. This is my journey to get out of that and towards this. Like, yeah, I remember talking to like young coaches who are going through a similar thing and you go, oh, let me guess, you just finished your first bodybuilding show and now you're into, into strength training, right? And they go, yeah, how'd you know that? I go, because I've been there myself. You <laughs> yeah. can't stop eating, so you've got to lift heavier. Because <laughs> um, now you want to bulk. <laughs> yeah, exactly, bulk. Once again, bunny ears, inverted commas. Yep. No, that's exactly right. And I think um, in your goal setting and planning, actually having a, you know, reverse dieting phase after a fat loss journey and what you're going to be doing training-wise in that period and having goals around that moving forwards is super important. So I think this comes before even starting the journey. This should be involved in the plan. I agree. Well, I guess before we go over how you could potentially structure your plan, let's go into a bit more depth about what reverse dieting actually is and how that could look for you, whether you're stepping off stage or coming out of a 12-week fat loss challenge. Could not agree more. So essentially, the purpose of reverse dieting, not only is it to not gain a large amount of weight back, but it more importantly is to recover our metabolic rate while we minimize our fat regain. So what Jess is uh, saying there, your metabolic rate or your resting metabolic rate is the amount of energy or calories that you burn just doing everyday tasks. Yep. So walking, working, whatever, talking, (laughs) doesn't really matter. (laughs) Like literally what you do sitting down. Yep. So as you diet or drop your calories down, go into a calorie deficit, lower into that, this rate is slowing down with you so that you require less energy to do those basic things. Correct. All right. So obviously, if that is dropping down with you, it needs to come back up with you. Now, if you, as we were giving the example before, if you were on, say, 1,500 calories, you jump back up to 2,000 plus, your metabolic rate is not having time to recover along with you with that jump. So the whole concept of reverse dieting is slowly building that up to recover it and keep it coming along with you, which will minimize weight gain quickly. Yeah, for sure. And you can imagine if you're constantly yo-yoing, that's going to be impacted to some degree. Yeah, that's exactly right. So the way this is done is slowly adding on calories. It's pretty self-explanatory, but obviously there needs to be a plan in place to do so. Okay, well, show us like a maybe a four-week reverse dieting phase for someone yeah. or maybe the same person that you just described, so like a 2,000 maintenance, like yeah. a 1,500. So um, essentially you're looking deficit. at like 10 to 30% increase per week. Okay. Now this is very much going to depend on the person and how they respond. So firstly, it is important to be weighing in regularly. Now if you're someone who's gone through a fat loss journey, you're probably used to weighing yourself. It is more important now probably than it was during your whole fat loss journey. Yeah, and on that point, just as important to pick a day, pick a time, and keep that consistent. Yeah. And I've had this with clients before, is stop weighing yourself every morning, every night. You will drive yourself insane. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. It's not – this is not to be looking at, oh, this is where the number's going. It's to understand that we want to see as minimal weight gain as possible Mm. while we're doing this. So if weight does start jumping up, we need to slow down the rate we are increasing the calories, whereas if it is staying the same or slowly moving up, we can slowly keep increasing them. And that's going to be the complete judge of that 10 to 30 where you're going to sit in that percentage. Sorry, I've got to be keen there. Almost jumped in too early. Um, But I think any good coach, if you're with someone at the moment and then kind of encouraging bigger is better, I'd recommend you have a chat to that person because the average weight loss 
or weight gain for that matter, yep. should be about half a kilogram a week, in my opinion. 100%. Depending on the person, of course. Yeah, obviously someone who has more weight to lose, that would yes. be the higher end of the scale, and someone who doesn't have as much weight to lose, the lower. But yeah, as an yeah. average, I'd definitely give that amount. So basically, like when you're working with someone to either drop fat or put weight back on, mm-hmm. it's important that it's done at the right rate. Yep. So you aren't sacrificing muscle mass. And I think it's all well and good when you see on social media, oh, this person's lost, you know, this amount of kilos in their week, whatever. But you don't know what part of the journey they're on. A, they may be at a large weight that they had a lot to lose, as we said. But not even that. Like, if you saw this person lost five kilos in one week, your brain shouldn't go, oh, that's mad. Like, how good for that person? You should be thinking, you know, what are they doing? Yeah, I think it's a responsibility on the coach's uh, side to explain that. We don't want to see this go from here to here mm. as fast as possible. I want to see you here with a rough expectation of X, Y, Z. If I my fat loss client jumped on the scales and had lost five kilos or three kilos in a week, well, I'd be like, "What? Well, something's wrong. Like, like not something's wrong, but like I'd be worried. I wouldn't be like, yay, that's great. Be like, hold on. like Yeah, so like our point being is that set a realistic expectation. Yep. Okay, and then basically see how your actions – Mm-hmm. i.e. calorie intake, yep. is impacting what your weigh-in is on a weekly basis. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, right. That's what we're saying. So, so at the end of the day, this has to be done objectively. There's no, does, like, yeah. I'm feeling good, I'm going to keep increasing them, any of that. It is, <laughs> what is your weight uh, doing? Fast and loose approach. Yeah, and it may even look like, you know, say your weight is still increasing quite quickly, it may look like maintaining it a bit lower than your actual maintenance calories for a while. Yeah. So you might be you might add 100 on and the weight jumps up, you might stay there for a week or two before you exactly add the next right, 100. Yeah or 50 or however many calories it may be, it doesn't mean, oh, hey, every week we're going to add 100 till we hit a certain amount. It will very much be judged by where your body is sitting within that next step being taken. Yeah, for sure. Does and that I make can, sense? Yeah, it <laughs> makes perfect sense. And I can shed some light on this once again. So I only did two bodybuilding shows. Yep. So part two was like the successful reverse diet. Yep. So this prep was a lot shorter, and I'm not sure if that maybe impacted my motivation towards doing it. Yep. Um, but it was only was it? maybe eight weeks. Okay, it's so about half a minute. Yeah. Time. So by yep. this point, I kind of bounced back, and I'd really leveled out um, my habits again. So I was training probably a bit less, but yep. I felt better. I was eating back normal again. Like, I went so would you say less sacrifice compared to the last? Definitely, time? um, less sacrifice. I was a bit older this time, so yep. maybe like a year later, I decided yep. to do it. Um. And I don't know, I was kind of a bit more balanced personally. Like yeah. I was starting to let some of those things that I cut out for a long time come back in. Like I yeah. didn't drink between the ages of 18 and uh, and 20, pretty much 18, 21. Yeah. Um, and I was starting to let, Crazy. you know, the occasional cheat meal come back in. And I was starting yeah. to have the occasional drink on a, you know, a birthday, for example. I was probably in a bit like better mindset towards yep. nutrition. I think I had to go through that really restrictive state to understand the importance of, of balance. Do you think that came from your first comp or were you like that before your first comp? I don't know. I think um, being a teenager, I just thought like the more strict I can go, the better, the better I'm going to look. Yeah. And that was true. Yeah. And but I, is, it, is it sustainable? Well, then I kind of hit <laughs> the frame of mind going, am I going to look back when I'm in my 30s and go... I had a great time when I was 20. <laughs> I or looked great. I looked but... <laughs> fucking great when I was 20, you know? like, And I felt like I could do both. <laughs> so I think that was a part of the process. Um, but anyways, I went through an eight-week prep. Yep. Because um, I was walking around pretty, like, lean, mm-hmm. like, naturally. Um, so I was already in a bit of, like, a calorie deficit. So my coach goes, look, you're going to be ready in eight weeks. You don't need as long this time. Yep. So all the stuff in the previous prep had helped. Yep. Um, but anyways, I went through and had a really good comp, ended up coming like second in a few divisions, um, and came in in really good condition. So I was really happy with the outcome of that, made all the changes, um, and rectified the mistakes in the first one. But anyways, had a good, um, had a good show and I had like my, my usual like post show binge. Yep. But then I did exactly what you described in that reverse diet. So we actually had sat down with my coach and I go, I need to have a better plan this time. Um, and actually kept her on the books. So she paid a post comp so she could help me bounce back. Because Which is super important. I think just to touch on that part of it, like a lot of people reach their goal and they're like, cool, I'm done. They might stop seeing their personal trainer or stop doing the amount of training they were doing and all those sort of things. And for you to go ahead and say, okay, I need your help for 
four weeks after the comp, well, yeah. six weeks after the comp is huge and super important point. Well, actually, I um, was actually training more in this second um, comp prep. Although it was short, I was training more. I was doing like early morning cardio and then weights yep. like nearly every day. Yeah. Um, so I felt like I really needed to just have that guidance post comp because I, I wasn't happy with how I looked um, a few months after the first one. You go from looking your best to looking pretty average like compared to your norm. But anyways, I came back and to give you some stats here, I can I can drop fat at about 2,500 mm-hmm. um, because I have quite a high resting metabolic rate. I'm that, well, yeah, I'm that got, skinny kid that, that can well. eat. Can eat whatever he wants. Not necessarily. I um, think it's the amount when, of muscle in you. Yeah, for sure. When I was younger, I um I was that pure like little stick. <laughs> yeah. Um. As I've gotten older, yeah, yeah. muscle has gone on. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. Um. But very much, I'm a very high resting metabolic rate. Yeah. Okay. So, I can eat more calories than the average male to yeah. drop fat. Yeah. 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 Agreed. So, and obviously, there's other variables, training, etc. But for yeah, the sake there's of definitely the, a lifestyle thing yeah, as well. But yeah, yeah, for the sake of the example. Yep. Um, so I was eating probably about, I know, for the last couple of weeks of my comp prep to get down, I was probably eating somewhere around like 2,000, yep. maybe a bit less, maybe like 18, 1900. So that was like for mm-hmm. the rule last, like last weeks. Yeah. But I would say I hung around anywhere between like 2,000 and- How did that compare to the first comp? 2,500. Um, honestly, like I made a, a couple of mistakes with like food and, and tracking probably the first time and we probably weren't as dialed in in that space. Yep. Um, we, we made- Fewer changes in the first comp yep. to my calories, um, which we changed. We changed the approach. Yeah, okay. I couldn't really recollect what I was doing the first time because yep. I don't think I was as dialed in the first time yep. as I was the second time. Yeah. Um, but anyways, whatever it was, so my last week, like a normal eating, was about mm. 1,900 calories or 2,000 calories. Right? Yep. And then basically first week back, mm-hmm. I maintained that. Yep. Yeah, so it was about a six-week rebuilding process. Yeah. So I had a, a 1,900 to 2,000 calorie, like, week. Yep. Okay. Um, all I had was a calorie total and a protein target to hit, and that was it. Yeah, smart. Yeah, so it wasn't super, like, dialed in. I was someone who was, like, tracking macros to a gram for nearly two years. Yeah. Right? So we felt like it was important to go away from that and just make the numbers less important. Yeah. You know, so hit your protein. And your protein would have already been high. Yes, it was high. For your comp. So yeah. you really only want to be building your carbs and your fats up at that time. So it wouldn't have mattered too much the percentages of those. Yes. So we discussed having flexibility in my carbohydrate totals and my fat totals. Yep. And basically we added about 15% each week. Yep. Yeah. Were you weighing in in this period of time? I weighed in every um, single week. Um, yep. I was weighing in, I can't remember the day, but it was definitely a morning. Yeah. So I just go up, record the weigh-in, send her a photo. Um and that was it. And eventually we just we just sort of built it up and we checked in how that percentage was affecting the body and luckily it um it went it pretty well. Plan. Like basically we jumped up about ten or fifteen percent for the first couple of weeks and then we yep. cut it down a little bit. Um yep. which Once wasn't too happy. Maintenance as well. Um I think it was around week six we went down like five percent. Yeah. So it was less and less. So yep. I was feeling pretty hungry. Like early on, so she kind of gave me a little, give you the bigger jumps first, and luckily I responded. That's pretty typical in um, most reverse diets. So I jumped yeah. up probably the larger percentages early on, and they got less and less and less and less as it went on. Yeah. Um, but it can be done both ways. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that was kind of my experience. And when I came, you know, back to six weeks post-comp, I actually felt like I looked better than I did for the past two years. Like I'd, 100%. Well, that's was, the whole point of a reverse diet as well. Yeah. It's keeping you lean, increasing muscle because you're still gonna we'll talk about the training aspect of it but like that's the whole goal if you looked at reverse dieting say look at um holly baxter i think she's holly norton now lane norton like both of them are really big yeah on reverse (laughs) dieting i know i'm like did she take his last name i'm not sure she Um, must have she must have i don't know on her Instagram, it's not, but that doesn't really mean much. When, oh, it's probably got a brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Anywho, um, if you look up any of the <laughs> any of their clients that they've worked on with reverse diets, mm. their after photos, like after reverse mm. diet, look better most of the time than their comp photos did. Just mentally, like I came back and I felt like I looked not the same. Of course, like yeah. I said, I look like that that lean that version of me for like a day, but. Yeah. Mentally, I was a lot more happy with the process because I managed to go through that and I felt like it wasn't like a one-and-done kind of scenario. What was the difference mentally when you finished the second comp, having a plan and still being able to have a bit of a binge as well versus the first one? It was almost like controlled chaos. 
<laughs> you know, and like so I came back and there was no like needing to destroy a, a box of favourites in an hour. Like it was very much like okay. What, what, well, what did your binge look like? Well, the plan was then I wasn't this huge like cheap meal guy. I guess yeah. um, like I said, I was super restrictive. So what the plan was was to actually plan a meal that was a bit higher calorie. I don't really like calling them cheap meals anymore. Yeah, binge I use very yeah, loosely as well. <laughs> high ca- I was planning one high calorie meal each okay, week. Okay, so you might have gone out like for a burger or gone yes, out so something like that. Basically yeah. she went, what are you doing socially this week? Because I wasn't social at all. <laughs> and around that time um everyone was having like their twenty first. Yeah, okay. So like it was Go and enjoy there was, there was that an event every weekend. So at yeah. that period of time the plan was with the coach was okay, well you've got a 21st every Saturday for the next five weeks. <laughs> okay, so I want you to plan how many drinks you're going to have. And if you're going to have some cake, I want you to track it. And basically, I just – I was having my calories saved yeah. um, for that day. So I was just uh, staying a bit lower in the range on certain weeks yeah, to save – Yeah, like a higher calorie day or – To save calories event, yeah. fast, um, usually like that morning. Yeah. And then I'd have a meal before I went out and then I'd yeah. have like some room. So essentially we just planned out how I would attack the days leading up to and on that day and that kind of yeah. stopped any need for, you know, demolishing a whole block of chocolate, et cetera. Yeah, because you still got to have your enjoyment but because there was a plan to follow. Yeah, there was no, there was no the Easter mentality. There was no <laughs> like, yep. okay, I've got two days to destroy three eggs, let's go break. Yeah, yeah, 100%. All right. Shall we talk about the transition then between a fat loss journey and into reverse dieting? So we talked yep. about how reverse dieting looks, but I kind of want to go over the transition phase and some kind of key tips that should be made around both diet and training. Yeah, so let's um, move away from the bodybuilding example. Yeah. That's just my only experience with it um, yep. Yep. in honesty. So no, it's a good way of looking at it though. Yeah, it's it is. Very clear. It's a very easy example but that um, can also be applied to your clientele, if you're a coach or if you're someone who's embarking on their own fat loss journey, yep. imagine you just hit like a long-term milestone. It might be 10 kilos, 15, 20, whatever it may be, mm. right? There are certain strategies that can help you following that. Yep. And that's basically what we describe as the transition phase. Yep. That's exactly right. So I think the first thing, and this is exactly what you were just touching on, relaxing the diet or the deficit without binging so how can you bring elements of enjoyment elements of some say higher calorie meals things like that without it being like okay let's go nuts and have whatever we want whenever we want well i would say a planning but definitely what we just said before was just okay let's plan your week around your social events yeah so if you're working towards a calorie total for example you might you know do a bit of cycling of your calories to give yourself some room on that day so your average remains in a deficit. Definitely. I think, as you said, planning. Planning like you would be during your fat loss journey. Nothing should change in regards to your planning. 100%. Like you're even, planning a little bit differently. Yeah. You're adding a bit more enjoyment or relaxing some of the things you've sacrificed, but it's still planning nonetheless and that's still just as important, if not more important, than it was during your fat loss journey. Yes, yeah, so I think, one, for me, um, manipulating your calories on different days of the week to ensure that your calorie average still remains at maintenance or in the calorie deficit, depending on what your goal may be. Yep. Um, um, just to add a tip in there as well, especially for those of you using MyFitnessPal or a lot of apps have similar tools, you can obviously look at a weekly view of your calories. And that's, yeah, that's this important. is going to be super important in this phase because your calorie number doesn't have to be the exact same every day. Looking at more of a weekly amount on that because obviously your body doesn't know when 12 a.m., to the next 12 a.m. of the next day ticks over. It's not like, oh, it's Tuesday now, we can't eat anymore. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So obviously if you have a social event where you want to save more calories for, this could look like, you know, having 50 calories less each day, Monday to Saturday, and then having a couple of, like, what, 500 extra calories on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah? Just to give a bit of perspective in how that would work to enjoy those times. Yeah, 100%. That's probably, like, my most common um, to this day. But I'm yeah, also that's what we use, would use now. Yeah, just I'm also words. a fan of of fasting occasionally. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of daily fasting because I no. like to train too much and I feel like crap. Um, but if you're going to have like a big night, then giving yourself a bit of a window mm. when you start your day of not eating and then yep. being full on a bigger meal before you go out gives you plenty of room. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, say you have a night of drinks. We're not saying 
go without dinner and go no, get drunk and you'll be stomach. home so fast. And you'll, get, you'll <laughs> probably drink a lot and then just want to eat food and everyone's made that mistake. Fuck that up anyway. <laughs> I think yeah. the importance of that is look, say you've got something going at night time, you might be like, hey, I might not have breakfast this morning, I might not have snacks today, I might have a smaller lunch and no afternoon tea, but still have a dinner before I go out. Hmm. Or it could even look like the day before I'm going to not have snacks on Thursday so I can go out on Friday night. Yeah. So think about it in that way. When we say like fasting, it's not fasting at the time of the event, just to make that clear. Yeah, cool. So they're probably like our go-to strategies for, you know, working with, you know, tracking and, you know, relaxing yeah. on your um, your calories or your totals, for example. Yeah. Um, or the qualities that make up those totals is probably a better way to put it. Definitely. Um, probably another good strategy to look at is how you go about tracking your energy. Yep. Right? So meaning I was someone for a long time that worked in fats, proteins, carbs. Yep. And I'd hit those numbers, rain, hail or shine, almost religiously. Yeah. So what I think is good in this stage is to actually relax that a little bit and just give yourself a calorie total and then a protein target and that's it. I so you're working off two numbers yep. as opposed to four. Yeah. And that really changed things for me. It made it a lot less stressful. Yeah. Um, that was just me and some people no, love I completely agree being super dialed in and, you know, to a gram and they love that and they feel but good. But the point of maintenance as well or like coming into maintenance is that you want to feel more relaxed. It shouldn't feel strict. Yeah, it's a plan, yeah. but it's not strict and it should be realistic. Well, that's why I feel still. like the relapse can last longer if things aren't addressed. Yeah. Like I actually like to give clients like a week or two off tracking altogether. Yeah. Like when clients have achieved a massive goal and they've been in the calorie deficit for a long period of time. Yeah. Spend a week, don't track a thing. Yeah. And just see what happens. Yeah. I think that... Keep in mind, I'm assuming you don't mean like go nuts for that whole week. No, no, but I, it's still kind of following the same no. sort of stuff but not actually physically I tracking it. I think a mental refresh in this time is super important to go, yeah. look, I'm not too fast about you tracking this week. Yeah. I want you to try and stay in the realms of what you would usually do. Yeah. Okay, still weigh your food, do things, but don't put it into an app. Yeah. And just yeah, have a week I off agree. that process and, and then you come back into a tracking process that is two numbers, not four. Yeah. And I've found great results in that for people who have been doing the weight lossing for a long period of time and are ready to venture towards their next kind of yeah. I guess journey of their of their fitness or or their and strength, etc. It's a lot et simpler with your food planning as well to just be looking at, you know, am I getting a protein and yep, this is my total like food intake goal. Hit it, you know, like there's not as much structure around it as far as specific foods that you need to include yeah. and hitting your carbs and your fats perfectly, that type yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's a lot well. easier to go out as well. 100%. Um, but yeah, we've already discussed that in the past, so we won't go too far into that at the um, moment. I think next we should jump into training. Okay. Now, with our training, it is for a lot of people in a fat loss journey or coming out of a comp, they have probably a high amount of cardio in there typically as well as weights training. So we've got a high level of conditioning programmed in there during this phase it is important to be upping or if it was already high maintaining our weights training while looking at tapering off some of your cardio if that is at high amounts because typically for a lot of people they're doing excessive amounts of cardio or conditioning yeah i definitely agree with that point meaning that when you are putting weight back on for example or you're maintaining your weight the more muscle mass you have on your frame Yep. Okay, the more calories you're going to burn at rest. Yeah, so essentially the more muscle you have, the faster potential for your metabolism to Exactly go. right. So especially yep. um, when you're in that transition phase, having the weight training there is going to be important. Yeah, and that remembering reason. that reverse dieting, like the whole point of it, as we said, was to allow your metabolic rate to catch up to where your mm. calorie intake is. That's the whole point that we're making, that having muscle on you is helping do that along with doing this journey step by step. Yeah, for sure. Couldn't have said it better myself. I guess uh, to wrap up today, we're going to finish on the whole concept of keeping consistent mm-hmm. and how to, you know, kind of keep the traction going. You know, you've you've lost the weight, for example, or you put the muscle on wherever yep. you're at. How do you kind of make the next jump or the next plan yep. to keep you motivated? Yeah, so this is more uh, like making this into – a long-term lifestyle thing, enjoying it, making it sustainable, our kind of tips around that, yeah? Yeah. Cool. 
So first one I'm going to say, and this is what I give <laughs> advice for when it comes to nutrition any day of the week, is make it enjoyable for yourself. Find your balance in there. This may be finding some new recipes. This may be cr- getting more creative with your training. Okay, cool. Find a way to make this process exciting. Cool. So like maybe you have the extra calories, you're in a maintenance phase, for example, you can start to play around with some recipes that you might have not touched in the past. Yep. Um, it might be getting back into team sports. Yep. It might be finding a new skill to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be anything. Yep. Cool. Um, I think for me, my biggest piece of advice would be goal setting in this time. Yeah. And definitely. I don't mean anything to do with body comp. Yep. Um, I just refer to have a think about what you'd like to do. Like, are you into running? Are you into – I don't even know. Like, it could be anything for anyone. Like, I've had people go and run marathons after losing 10 kilos, and I've had people yep. go into triathlons or open water swimming or into or martial arts comp. or CrossFit comps. Like, there's so many things that you can go down, and yep. they can really change the way that you look at your training. It's more, okay, I want to get better at this. And I think, as you said, it's skill development and more of a performance goal yeah. versus a physical body composition goal. We want to kind of steer clear of that thought while we're building back up. It's the key. Because that's not what this journey, this part of the journey is about. This is what I love about my job now is actually this phase. Like the weight stuff After is awesome. The, like the body transformations are really cool to see and you see yeah. the change in the person in front of you. But when you help that person in front of you realize that their body is capable of more than what they think it is, yeah. that is one of the coolest things to see ever. Yeah. Yeah. So I think basically skill development and yep. finding an event to, you know, test out what your body can do now, I think Definitely. is massive. Yep. Could not agree more. Um, I think obviously in this period of time, food tracking is crucial. As we yeah, said, we can relax to. from that in the short term, but within the period of reverse dieting, you're not going to be able to do this accurately without tracking that amount. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. So. Although we are being more relaxed with our choices, all that sort of stuff, that doesn't mean we are relaxing from food tracking in this period of time. No, I think you adjust the way that you're looking at it. Yep. And then regularly weighing in still, yep. tracking and making sure that what you're doing is honest to yourself yep. and is keeping you where you want to be. Yeah. And as we said, there's ways to allow for the enjoyment we want while this is increasing. Like during this time, you're going to each week or each couple of weeks be having more calories to play with. Hmm. And I think, like, as we discussed previously with reverse dieting, because you've done it correctly, you aren't going to feel bad about suddenly jumping up 400 calories to your maintenance. Yeah. You're going to feel a lot better about it because you've done it the right way. Yeah. You've come back up. You look just as good. Yeah. Although you weigh more. And you're going to – or not necessarily weigh more, but you're consuming more. Yeah. Um, And – I think I know I've had clients in the past experience that and probably lack of knowledge on my behalf is that getting them to a certain point and then jumping them up their calories too quickly, Yeah, they see the weight the next week, they freak out, and I can never get to eat that much again Yeah, to the detriment of their performance. So like young me made that mistake and that's where I think learning about this type of thing was really important for me managing yeah. long-term clientele. And if you're a young coach out there, I recommend you read up on this and you actually take your clients through this and – be the professional you have to be because it can really change the outlook on food for a long time. And the most exciting part about this journey is that you can now reverse diet up and beyond where your food even started. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Like I've had people, you know, come to me eating maybe 2,000 calories a day. Mm -hmm. At the end of their weight loss journey or fat loss journey, they maybe got down to Mm 1,500-ish and now they're eating like 2,500 and they look great. They're probably, they're probably training a and lot more. And they feel great. They're probably training a lot more than they were in the Oh, past. they've got more muscle on than they're training yes. more, 100%. Like, I'm not trying to downplay that. Well, I think that's probably been an extreme example. Yeah, I reckon? Not one bit. I would say, like, a big jump up for me. If I have a client... They're doing, a, they've done this slowly over time. Okay. Like, don't get me wrong. This yeah. hasn't been in a space for a week. This is in a space of, like, six months. Okay. Cool. But that's the whole point of reverse dieting. Yeah. You can reverse to maintenance, and then you can slowly be increasing past that gaining I'm not saying they haven't gained weight they've gained muscle yeah. but they look even leaner than they did in the first place yeah probably um that probably surprised me I haven't worked with too many females in the muscle gain space Very I've exciting. probably done that like I've got male clients who have gone through that same thing yeah and now they're eating 4,000 calories a day so it's yeah. probably exactly the same example yeah. but just for a female my well, head just kind of to put into perspective like a good example of this my client Mon okay yep she 
did uh, she came to me with a fat loss goal. She lost oh, around ten kilos, and that was kind of the end goal as far as fat loss went. Yep. Then she was like, "I want more muscle on me. I want to be firmer. I want to be stronger." We set more of a strength goal. She then gained, I think, about three kilos worth of muscle. Okay. So cool. her weight increased from that where she was at when she lost the ten kilos. Mm-hmm. However, her food went from. Oh, I can't remember. I couldn't even tell you her starting calories. But now she's eating like, oh, 2,000 calories to – oh, not even. More than that to maintain. Well, it's true. Like the more muscle mass you have, yeah. the more fuel you need to maintain that. So it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, and then after Christmas, we looked at doing like a little mini cut or a little mini fat loss phase yep. again to kind of lean up a little yep. bit. She dropped down. Then we worked our way down to about 1,600. Yeah. Whereas when she was in her fat loss phase, she was needing to go down to about 1,400 to lose. Okay, yeah, because I now, see You know point. what I yeah. mean? Like yeah. she gets to eat a lot more food. She enjoys her food so much more and that's because we've built up her metabolic rate yeah. from doing that correctly. Yeah, and that's just um, – Just to the, give an example. Yeah, that's just one of the differences between, you know, females and males that the, the calorie tails are different. And even me, I've been in, in this game for a while. That still shocked me. Hmm. which is cool like and i'm sure like it's going to be exciting for anyone who does this on on where you can take your nutrition and training with all this information and all that fuel in that example yeah that's exactly right and i think on that point actually it's super important as well we we discussed it before we even started the podcast Hmm. about how long people are on a fat loss journey for yeah yeah okay so i've been in many different places within the industry where you know, I've met a client maybe partway through their journey that has been on a fat loss journey for three years, yeah? Hmm. Um, and I'm sure, like, that wasn't three years of strict. That was on and off. But point being that reverse dieting, maintaining weight doesn't have to be once you've reached your end goal. So, yes. for example, what I would personally recommend, say someone came to me and they wanted to lose 30 kilos, yep. yeah? I'd be looking at maybe – five to 10 kilos for the first kind of fat loss phase, sometimes a little more for the first bit, then actually working back to maintenance after that, maintaining that 10 kilos weight loss, say. Yeah. Reverse dieting up, getting them to build a bit more calories so that they can eat a bit more, have a bit more muscle on them, all that sort of stuff. Then we look at dropping the next five kilos, yeah? When we drop that next five kilos, we're not going to need to have the calories as low because we've reverse dieted them in between. Does that make sense? I completely agree, and I actually have done this, mm. um, especially in the last couple of years. Yeah. Is that when you talk to a client about what they've done, so you, you just met them, you sat them down, I like to spend time just talking about their past experience. Yep. And they go, what have you done? How long for? And I really believe in that process of doing it, not systematically, but in a slow, controlled manner mm. where they can still live life and not you know, struggle through it, if that makes sense. Like I want them to be a positive experience. So like, for example, a female, you might go, you know, five down, take a four-week period of maintenance. Okay. And not only is this important mentally, but it's important for the body. Like it's it's a a process that like is can potentially be harsh on the body. Like if you're dramatically losing fat, your body needs to adapt to that. Your metabolism needs to adapt to that. It's also helping stabilize the metabolism so that, it, you're not dropping 30 kilos and your metabolism's like, yeah. what's going on? So then you change. stabilizing that. The, basically, the biggest thing that I've done with that, especially now, yeah. is that we kind of set a plan. Okay, once you get to here, I want you to hold for a little bit. Yeah. So I'll have to lay out someone's, you know, calendar for the year. Yeah. And just find out where they're going to be at certain parts of the year. Yep. And if they've got performance goals, is putting those periods of maintenance around their performance goals. Yeah. So if someone, for example, so gonna is going like to be – a strength phase or – Say someone's got a triathlon. Yeah. You know, they want to get lighter so the running's easier. Yeah. So four to five weeks out, okay, let's maintain this weight. You've got the extra calories there now. The fuel. To fuel yeah. your extra training. Yeah. And then once, you, once your event's done, we'll start going back down again. So I think yeah. it's important not to set conflicting goals. Um, yeah. Like, for example, um, I once had a client ask me, oh, can I, you know, keep trying to eat these calories and train for a marathon? I said, no. Mm. I said, because you're going to feel pretty crappy about 10Ks into this run if this is what's going to go on. So That's exactly right. And that's another thing, obviously, fuel for performance that comes into there too, which is why it's super important. Well, not super important, but more enjoyable to have a performance goal as you're increasing your calories because oh, yeah, you're going to be feeling better. It's fuel. Yeah. Like it will make a huge that's difference a whole other topic. to your performance. That could be another 50 minutes. Yeah. We can, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, 
So yeah, I think that's very important to understand on a personal level and for coaches that it's part of the fat loss journey as well. It is, yeah. Reverse dieting comes into that and it's not just for the end of the end goal or the desired weight. Yeah, 100%. Well, is that it? Is that all we got? I mean, I could go on for another hour, but <laughs> look, like at we, the, we should wrap it up yeah, there. At the end of the day, like we thought this would be a, a really good thing to talk about because right now there's some people who are kind of really struggling yeah. and maybe it's not the best time to be focusing on dropping as much weight as possible or getting as fit as possible in isolation, but actually working on, okay, I'm in strife right now. I've got to homeschool my kids. I have to work full time. How can I just... Or I might not be working yeah, and sitting around more. Exactly right. Like maybe mentally you're not in the best headspace. We just want to help you guys out with, okay, how can I just stem the bleeding, so to speak? Mm. And then when I'm back in a stage where I can focus on my fat loss, I'm not five kilograms behind where I want to be. Yeah. At, actually, in giving that example, like at this current time, I have multiple clients that have moved from a fat loss phase into a reverse dining and maintenance phase with everything going on at the moment. Look, I sat down or sat down. I called my <laughs> clients yep. um, and we discussed it. I said, look, we're like, what are you, what are we doing right now? And we had What's a quick chat. Yeah. And a lot of them just landed on, look, if I can just come back in to the gym in two months' time Having with a, a relative you know, fitness level being the same yep. or slightly above and being yep. at the same weight, I'm yep. going to be happy. Yeah. And, you know, obviously exact we, we put a plan in place just to make sure that happens. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, like everything we've gone through today is being, you know, done out there by a clientele and, yeah, yeah, they're making the most of it. Yeah. So, guys, if any of you need help with planning a reverse diet or maintenance or just have any questions on this topic, feel free to message either of us. I am at Health Within Reach on Instagram and you are? I am Matt G underscore Lean Performance. Or you can find us together at embodied online coaching oh you can too i forgot about that yeah 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 oh yeah so a month ago we actually launched our own joint um online coaching business so you can definitely check that out as well um yeah yeah so that'll cover all your nutrition and programming needs give that page a visit on instagram and if you're interested just give us a buzz sounds good all right guys stay safe have a good one see you guys